Welcome to Zichudasi, my name is Rabbi Avram Goldhar, and today we're Musechus Nadarim, Daf Lamedov, the third parak, Arba Nadarim. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, Shmuel said, one who takes a utensil from the craftsman to examine it for potential purchase. And there was a mishap in his hand, he is responsible to pay. The one explains that the item had a fixed price, and the potential buyer knew that if he wanted to purchase the item, he could. The only one to benefit from this purchase is the buyer, as the Gemara will explain, and he therefore has a status equivalent to a shoel, a borrower, who is responsible for all access, because Kohana Shalom, all benefit is his. The more challenges Shmuel from our mission, which teaches about one who vowed not to benefit from Jews. He may buy from them only above market price and sell below it. He cannot sell to them at market price because it would be a benefit to the seller to do so. Now, how can Shmuel say that all benefit of a purchase is the buyer's? The Gemara eventually answers, Our mission is speaking of merchandise in moderate demand, and Shmuel is speaking of merchandise in high demand. The sale of moderate demand merchandise benefits both the seller and the buyer. Therefore, he must sell below market price and buy above it, because doing either at market price would be a benefit for him. A sale of high-demand merchandise, on the other hand, is considered the benefit of the buyer only when sold at market price, which is why the potential buyer is responsible for all mishaps. Pointing to the next mission states, if one says, Konam sha'ani nene benefit that I derive from the uncircumcised is konam, he's permitted to derive benefit from even uncircumcised Jews and is forbidden to even circumcise non-Jews. The mission demonstrates from Sukkim that the term arelim in the Torah is always used in reference to non-Jews. The Gemara proceeds to quote several sayings of Tanaim describing the greatness of Mila, including Shenikrusu Aleh Shoshes Rebrisos, the 13 treaties were made on it, that it overrides even Shabbos prohibitions, which are very strict. That Avram Avinu, despite all the mitzvahs he had done, was not called complete until he was circumcised. That if not for it, Kosh would not have created his world. And point number three is Tatan of Bryce, where Yeshua ben Karcha said, Greatest Mila that all the Tzuchuyos that Moshe Benu attained did not support him when he was lax from performing Mila on his return from Mitzrayim, when he did not circumcise his son immediately. Rebbe objected, saying, Heaven forbid that Moshe Benu was lax performing Mila. Rather, he reasoned he could not circumcise his son and travel immediately because of the danger to the child, nor could he wait the three days required for recovering after circumcising because the Kosh had told him to go. The Gemara concludes that the reason for his punishment was because he involved himself with lodging first instead of immediately circumcising his son. So once again, the three points are number one. Shmuel said, One who takes a utensil from the craftsman to examine it for potential purchase. And there was a mishap in his hand. He's responsible to pay. The one explains that the item had a fixed price and the potential buyer knew that if he wanted to purchase the item, he could. The only one to benefit from this purchase is the buyer, as the Gemara will explain, and he therefore has a status equivalent to a shoel, a borrower, who is responsible for all access, because kohana, shoel, all benefit is his. The Gemara challenges Shmuel from our mission, which teaches about one who vowed not to benefit from Jews. He may buy from them only above market price and sell below it. He cannot sell to them at market price because it would be a benefit to the seller to do so. Now, how can Shmuel say that all benefit of a purchase is the buyer's? The Gemara eventually answers, 
Our Mishnah is speaking of merchandise in moderate demand, and Shmuel is speaking of merchandise in high demand. The sale of moderate demand merchandise benefits both the seller and the buyer. Therefore, he must sell below market price and buy above it, because doing either at market price would be a benefit for him. A sale of high demand merchandise, on the other hand, is considered the benefit of the buyer only when sold at market price, which is why the potential buyer is responsible for all mishaps. Pointing to the next mission states, if one says, Konam Sha'ani Nenela benefit that I derive from the uncircumcised is Konam, Mutaba Arle Yisrael he's permitted to derive benefit from even uncircumcised Jews, and is forbidden to even circumcised non-Jews. The mission demonstrates from Sukkim that the term Arelim in the Torah is always used in reference to non-Jews. The Gemara proceeds to quote several sayings of Tanaim describing the greatness of Mila, including Shenikrusu Alez Shoshes Rebrisos, the 13 treaties were made on it, Shadokas has Shabbos Chamura, that it overrides even Shabbos prohibitions, which are very strict. Shakal Mitzvah Sha'asa Avramavino and Nikrashalim Ad Shemal, that Avramavino, despite all the mitzvahs he had done, was not called complete until he was circumcised. Shimalahi Gobara Kajbarku as Olamo, that if not for it, Kajbarku would not have created his world. And point number three is Tan Nabrais of Yeshua Makarcha said, Great is Mila that all the Tzachuyos that Moshe Benu attained did not support him when he was lax from performing Mila on his return from Mitzrayim, when he did not circumcise his son immediately. Rebbe objected, saying, Heaven forbid that Moshe Benu was lax performing Mila. Rather, he reasoned he could not circumcise his son and travel immediately because of the danger to the child, nor could he wait the three days required for recovering after circumcising because the Kosh Baruch had told him to go. The Gemara concludes that the reason for his punishment was because he involved himself with lodging first instead of immediately circumcising his son. All right, so now we go to Simran Dafalamid Alpha, and our standard Simran relates to the law. We use a judge as the Simran, a judge. So here goes. The judge who accidentally broke the craftsman's gavel while inspecting it and was about to pay was approached by the moil from 1-800-Godola-Mila, who begged him to come quickly and be the Sunday for a bris taking place next door at a hotel. So once again, it's the motion. The judge, judge, that must be more enough. Lamed Aleph, the law. The judge who accidentally broke the craftsman's gavel while inspecting it and was about to pay, which reminds us, Shmuel said, one who takes the utensil from the craftsman to examine it for potential purchase, and there was a mishap in his hand, he's responsible to pay. The one explains the item had a fixed price and the potential buyer knew that if he wanted to purchase the item, he could. The only one to benefit from the purchase is the buyer. As the Gemara explains, it was high-demand merchandise that was being sold at a moderate price, and he therefore has the status equivalent to a shawel, a borrower, who is responsible for all accidents because kohana, shalom, all benefit is his. So the judge who accidentally broke the craftsman's gavel while inspecting it and was about to pay was approached by the moil from 1-800-Gadolamila, which reminds us the mission brings a number of Tanam who give different reasons as to why Gadolamila Mila is great, such as 13 breezes are made on it and it's Tocha Shabbos. So the judge who accidentally broke the craftsman's gavel while inspecting it and was about to pay was approached by the moil from 1-800-Gadolamila, who begged him to come quickly and be the Sunday for a bris taking place next door at a hotel, which reminds us the reason for Moshe Rabbeinu's punishment upon his return from Mitzrayim was because he involved himself with lodging first instead of immediately circumcising his son. So once again, the judge who accidentally broke the craftsman's gavel while inspecting it and was about to pay was approached by the moil from 1-800-Gadolamila, who begged him to come quickly and be the moil for a bris taking place next door at a hotel. All right, so now it's time for Forbrabach Hazar. 
Dav Chav Zayin. So the Simran Dav Chav Zayin is a kazoo. So here it goes. The kazoo teacher. Kazoo? That must mean one Dav Chav Zayin. The kazoo teacher who gave based in documents supporting his claim he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, which reminds us, the Gemara records an incident in which a litigant had handed over to based in documents supporting his rights to another's property and said that if he didn't return within 30 days, his documents should be void. In the end, he was unable to come due to circumstances beyond his control. Rabuna ruled his documents void, and Rabbi challenged him. Anusu, but Anusu Rachmana Patre, he's forced, meaning faultless. And the Torah quits one who's forced, as we find by the love of violated Arusa. The Pazik states, sedavra, and to the girl you should do nothing. Therefore, the stipulation should not be deemed fulfilled, and his documents should not be void. So the kazoo teacher gave based in documents supporting his claim he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days. Bloomed his kazoo with all his might when he got stuck on the opposite side of a river to indicate, see, I have come, which reminds us, the Gemara asked on Rubba's position from an incident of a get given on a condition that he does not return within 30 days, but ultimately was unable to cross the river and called out from the opposite side, Chazuda Asai, see, that I have come. Shmuel ruled that the get was valid despite his inability to return on time. The Gemara answers that perhaps in an apparent, meaning predictable constraint is different, and the lack of a ferry is an apparent constraint. Since he was aware of this possibility, he should have excluded the circumstance from his condition. So the kazoo teacher who gave based in documents supporting his claim he owned the kazoo music school on condition they would be void if he didn't return in 30 days, blew into his kazoo with all his might when he got stuck in the opposite side of the river to indicate, see, I have come, but ultimately lost his case because his documents were false, and here in Asmachta is sufficient, which reminds us the more one is how the litigant's documents become void based on his prior commitment to forfeit them if he fails to return, Asmachtihi, but Asmachta Wakanya, this is an Asmachta, a commitment based on an assumption that the terms will never be fulfilled, and an Asmachta is not binding. The Gemara explains instead that here it's different because he said his documents should be invalid. The Ron explains he was admitting that if he didn't return to Bayston in time, the proofs he intended to use to claim his property were in fact false, for which even in a smachta level agreement is sufficient. Dav Chav Ches. So the similar Dav Chav Ches is a strong man. So here goes. The strong man, strong man, that must more than Dav Chav Ches. The strong man tax collector who was seething with anger when a man made a netter forbidding all fruit if the grain was not truma, which reminds us, the Mishnah and Dav Chav Zayin Ambe stated, no One may make a netter to murderers, plunderers, and tax collectors, she truma truma, that his grain is truma, even though in truth it's not truma. To persuade his assailants who are Jewish not to take his grain, he claims that it's truma and prohibited to them, and to bolster his false claim, he makes a netter to forbid all fruit on himself if the grain is not truma. The Gorn explains that Although generally, words of the heart are not words, meaning his private intent cannot impact his spoken words, a case of onus is different because the circumstances indicate that he intends differently than the simplest implication of his words. So the strong man tax collector, who was seething with anger when a man made a netter forbidding all fruit if the grain was not truma, got distracted from an oncoming windstorm and said, My dumbbells are usher if they survive the wind. Which reminds us, the next mission of states, If one said these saplings are hereby kadosh as a carbon if they're not cut, or this talus is kadosh as a carbon if it's not burned, yeshla and pinyon, they may be redeemed, meaning the netter is effective and the items are prohibited and can subsequently be redeemed for their value to become permitted. So the strong man tax collector, who was seething with anger when a man made a netter forbidding all fruit if the grain was not truma, got distracted from an oncoming windstorm and said, my dumbbells are usher if they survive the wind, and my barbell is usher until 
I lift 1,000 pounds. Which reminds us that Mishnah had stated, If one said, These saplings shall be kadosh as a carbon until they are cut. And similarly, if he said his talus should be kadosh as a carbon until it's burned, Abraham Pidgin, they do not have redemption. Bar Pada explains, if he redeems them, they become kadosh again. If he again redeems them, they become kadosh again until they are cut. The Ron explains that we consider his letter to mean that they should remain kadosh until they are cut, meaning that even if they are redeemed, they should again become kadosh as if an additional nether was made. Duff Chav So the similar Duff Chav is a cot. So here goes. The color crying on the cot, cot, that must be learned off, chavtes. The color crying on the cot because they're indecisive, chasen said, today you are my wife, but tomorrow you are not my wife, which reminds us, Ula had said that when one declares kadush on saplings, until they are cut, the kadusha comes off automatically at that time. Rav Hamnuna asked him, where did their kadusha go? With what mechanism did they lose their kadusha? And what if one said to his wife, today you are my wife and tomorrow you're not my wife? Should the marriage be dissolved on its own without a get? Surely not. So how then can Ula say that Kedusha goes off automatically? Rabbi responded to Rav Hamnuna that he could not compare marriage, which is Kedusha's agu, physical sanctity, meaning her physical being is married to him, and Kedusha's dummy monetary sanctity, such as the netter of our Mishnah, in which the sapling's value is Kadosh. So the Kala crying on the cot because her indecisive chasen said, Today you are my wife, but tomorrow you are not my wife. Listen in disbelief as he tried to make his ox a for 30 days and after an owl, which reminds us, a responded that it can be proven that even Kedusha's aguf can end on its own from a Bryce, which states that if one said this ox should be an owl for 30 days and after 30 days there should be a shlamim, then after the 30 days of being an owl, it does become a shlamim. From the fact that the Kedusha's aguf of an owl ends after 30 days, for otherwise it could not become a shlamim, it's evident that even Kedusha's aguf can end at a predetermined time. So the Kala crying on the cot because her indecisive chasen said, Today you are my wife, but tomorrow you are not my wife. Listen in disbelief as he tried to make his ox a shlami for 30 days and after an ola, and then scream when he realized he said it should be a shlami after 30 days and Amir so Gavoa, Kamisira Sola, Hedio, which reminds us, Abraisa came to teach that if one said that an animal should become an ola in 30 days, the Kedusha of an ola can take effect after 30 days, even if he attempted to retract his ola consecration prior to the 30th day. Although there's an opinion that in a parallel case of marriage where one gives a woman Kedusha money and says, become married to me after 30 days, she can retract her in the 30 days. Here it's different because Amir Sol Gavo Kamisira Sola Hedyot. Because a declaration to Hektish is like a transfer to an ordinary person. The run elaborates that a verbal declaration for Hektish is even more potent than an ordinary acquisition. But we treat this declaration like a transfer made with the stipulation that after 30 days will take effect from now. In which case, neither side can retract in the interim. Daf Lamed. So the Simmer Daf Lamed is a Malamed. So here goes. The Malamed Malamed. That must be more than Daf Lamed. The Malamed who was disturbed by the Talmud who handed a lady passing by to Prutus and said to her, which reminds us, Barpada is ruling about one who declared his saplings kadosh until they are cut, that each time he redeems them, they revert to a state of kadusha. is brought to resolve a question where one gave two prutas to a woman for kadusha and said, with one of you shall be married to me today, and with the other you shall be married to me after I divorce you, if the second marriage is effective. So the Muhammad who was disturbed by a Talmud who handed a lady passing by two prutas and said to her, was so outraged when he turned to his white-haired and balding rabbi and declared, I am forbidden to benefit from the black-headed, 
which reminds us, the second mission on Amabe states, Hanodim Mishkoya Rosh, one who vows from the black-headed, meaning those with dark hair, He's forbidden to benefit even from bald people and the elderly who have white hair, and he is permitted to benefit from women and children because only men are referred to as black-headed. So the Muhammad who was disturbed by a Talmud who handed a lady passing by to Prutus and said to her, was so outraged when he turned to his white-haired and balding rabbi and declared, I'm forbidden to benefit from the black-headed, that he told the boy's mom that none of her children can ever join his class including both the Yelodim and the Noladim, which reminds us the next mission brings some alcoholics regarding who is forbidden when one vows from Yelodim and Noladim. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff to be learned Moshe Rabbeinu was punished because he involved himself with lodging first instead of immediately circumcising his son? That's on Duff. Well, Good number two. Which stuff would be the case where a man gave a woman two prutas and said, with one you should be married to me today and with the other you should be married to me after I divorce you? That's on Duff. Well, Good number three. Which stuff did we learn? Amir Sol, Gavolo, Kamisira Sol, That's on Duff. Test. Good number four. Which of the one that one who takes a utensil from the craftsman to examine it for potential purpose and there was a mishap in his hand, he's chayv to pay. That's on Duff. Lamanov. Good number five. Which stuff do you want? If one said these saplings are hereby cut as a carbon, if they are not cut, they may be redeemed, meaning the netter is effective and the items are prohibited. That's on Duff. Chavches. Good number six. Which stuff do you want? If someone said today you are my wife and tomorrow you are not my wife, the Kedusha does not dissolve because marriage is Kedusha as a goof. That's on Duff. Test. Good number seven. Which of the one in a that works on the level when a person not coming to basin within the time prescribed is an admission that the documents he handed over were false? That's on Duff. Chavzain. Good number eight. Which of the one in the Gadol meal for a number of reasons, such as 13 brisos were made on it and it's Doha Shabbos? That's on Duff. Amadov. Good number nine. Which stuff do we learn? The one who vows from Shchori Rosh, the black-headed, is forbidden to men who are even white-haired or balding. That's on Duff. Good number ten. Which stuff do we have? Regarding who is forbidden when one makes a netter from Yehudim and Noladim. That's on Duff. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.